Welcome to Geeseploration, the podcast, where you don't have to swear an oath on your parents' grave to be a loyal listener. Just keep tuning in. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. Grab your utility belts, your capes, and your cowls. We are vengeance. We are the night. We are talking Batman. Oh, hey, Ben. Hey, what's up, man? Funny bumping into you here. I know. We say that as if we haven't (laughs) been working together all day on other projects. Yep. Yeah, it's been a long one. Yeah. Um, So here we are talking the man, the myth, the legend, the Dark Knight, the... uh, Cape Crusader? Yes. One half of the dynamic duo, the Batman. Yeah. Yeah, we decided to do this one... um, Mostly because it had a small amount of prep time. We figured we could just come in here and talk about Batman. And uh, then I started thinking about it. I was like, holy shit, there's a lot of Batman. Yeah, there is a lot of Batman. He's been around for, let's see, yeah, over 80 years now. That's rad. There's a lot of shit that'll happen in that time. A lot of evolution. So we've got, we've got comic books. We've got video games. We've got action figures, TV, animation. T-shirts. Yes. Yeah, all kinds of Batman stuff. Toothbrushes. My kids have a Batman toothbrush. Yeah, yeah, so does mine. You can get it all. Yeah, my little one is such a huge fan of Batman, and I think people would attribute that to uh, being because of me. But if if it was my fault, she would be a fan of Superman more than Batman. But no, that, that was a great day for me when she expressed interest in Batman. It's like, okay, here we go. This is something I can nurture. Yeah, my daughter also loved Batman when she was younger. She uh, She's mostly into, like, anime and manga and stuff now. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. But, uh, yes. you know, she, she kind of has moved on and has less interest in that now. But I've got some, like, really cute pictures of her one Halloween. She was Batman and... My son was Robin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I got some really cute pictures of that where she's like perched up on like the this little stair rail thing and he's standing behind her. It's, it's pretty rad. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. On on my first uh, Halloween with the little one, she was Batman and I was Robin and Angelina was Catwoman. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, we, We've got one of those pictures over our mantle. It's pretty, pretty good. I think this year she wants, let's see. I've got a Batman costume that I bought last year, I believe, maybe the year before. To replace your old one that fell apart? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that one, that muscle chest one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, this is a beefier one, like more of a Ben Affleck one that uh, it's 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 going to last a little bit. Um, it's got like the like the stuffed muscles rather than like the, the sculpted foam chest. Yeah. Um, I think she wants me to be Batman this year and she's either going to be robin or superman either one would be cool yeah maybe angelina will be robin i don't know she had a plan so we'll see what happens i mean not like halloween is going to really be what it has been in the past yeah i imagine you guys aren't going to be trick-or-treating i don't know if that's like it's not like it's banned or anything here but like who's going to be doing it are kids going to be going around is anyone going to have their porch light on yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think I'm still planning on on putting a bucket out. It's like, hey, yeah. if there's trick-or-treaters, like, here's some candy for you. Like, more power to you. Hopefully, your parents are 
going to like clean or sanitize or let that shit sit out for a little bit if if you're that worried about it. Just don't eat the wrappers, John. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, you know, they they're gonna they're gonna touch the wrappers. They're gonna fucking pick their nose. I don't know. But I mean, it's not difficult to either hold off for a few days or just wash the shit. I wash Tell my that groceries to a anyway. Five year old. You've got to wait a few days to eat that candy you collected tonight. Well, I think know, it is that hard for them, John. <laughs> I would agree with you normally, but for some reason, my little one, she's so passive about about the candy once she's got a big pile of it. It's really weird. Like, she's totally cool with just saying, like, hey, can I have a piece of candy? Or something. We're like, yeah, sh- sure. And that's all she wants. Like, she doesn't dig into it like I did when I was oh, a kid. Man. Yeah. I destroyed that candy and made myself sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would be gone. I remember uh, my buddy Ryan growing up it was the same way. He didn't really eat much of his candy. Like, it'd be like June and like his bottom drawer in his dresser was still full of Halloween candy. And I'd be like, can I eat some of this? Be like, yeah, sure. So weird. And I'd eat his six month old Halloween candy. This is not about Batman. No. <laughs> yeah, you know, we talk. Um, so where do we start? Cause Batman's got a, a very rich tapestry. Yeah. And he's, he's evolved a lot over the years. I mean, I guess we could start at the beginning of like where Batman came from and from detective comics and stuff. Yeah. Detective comics number 27, uh, back in 1939. You know, what's funny is I always forget the, the actual issue number, but I only remember it because just last week, there was a big celebration. It was Detective Comics number 1027. And that's oh. what they, they did some giant fucking issue that was gorgeous, had tons of different stories in it, lots of great art, lots of different covers. So, uh, yeah, Detective Comics number 27. So it was Batman's thousandth comic. So fuck everyone that was in the first 26. Yeah, I mean, they, they did a special one for uh, Detective Comics number 1000, just like they did with Action. But at least with action, it was Superman's first appearance. You know, he yeah. he led the title. Detective Comics was, you know, more just like a a crime book that uh that ended up defining DC Comics because of Batman. So yeah, was it just like a like a noir crimey kind of book? And then twenty seven issues in, they're like, you know what? Let's put a guy in a bat suit who punches people out of windows in this. Yeah, Detective Comics was one of the one of those titles just like Action Comics that was designed to be just an all-encompassing title for lots of little stories that were in there. Like Action Comics used to even have backup stories um with other characters. Um so Detective Comics was just yeah, like crime books. I remember seeing like a uh like a I don't think it was an actual like Charlie Chan mystery, but it was like a like a very obvious knockoff with like a, you know, villain with a Fu Manchu mustache and stuff. You know, like it was just it was crime comics and DC Comics was or national at the time um, before it was Detective Comics Comics uh, (laughs) wanted a counterpoint to uh, Superman. You know, Superman was their huge character. So a year later, they're like, hey, they put out the call. Who can come up with something else? Um, so there was Bob Kane and who, who was for decades credited as the sole creator of Batman, but there was also Bill Finger who without Bill Finger, you would not have Batman as he is today. Like Bill Finger came up with, you know, the, the actual, like the real suit. Cause originally Bob Kane wanted to have a, um, a Batman that his, his original suit design had like a red jumpsuit and he was a, he had like an 
open top. It was like blonde hair, and he had like a like a bat kind of stylized domino mask, and he still had the wings, but like that was it. It was a much different Batman. So Bill Finger came in, helped out. I think he also designed the Batcave, um, just like like all the the shit that you understand as Batman is because of Bill Finger and yeah. Bob Kane. I mean without making it an entire episode about about the whole expression of getting fingered like bill finger really got fucked by bob kane and it wasn't until batman v superman where they finally started crediting batman created by bob kane with bill finger there's a really good uh documentary called what is it bill and me possibly i don't know it was on hulu and it's a it's all about bill finger and it's brilliant dude died penniless oh that sucks yeah so Bob Kane, was he like writing the stories then? He was also drawing. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Bob, Bob Kane was a force, but you know, he, he, um, he's just not, I mean, to sum it up, he wasn't as brilliant as his legend made him out to be. Yeah. I mean, Batman, God bless him. He was very much based on other heroes like, like the shadow or, yeah. or Zorro, you know, like Zorro had a cave. He was, he was a caped avenger by night you know and a and a super rich man by uh by day didn't he kill like three people in that first issue too i know i remember he like threw a guy out a window yeah he he also like hung a guy from the bat plane in in one of the earlier issues like he fought the mad monk and like he used to he used to carry guns around like he had little gun holsters on him yeah that was that was before Batman swore off killing because back then, you know, it wasn't a big deal for the good guy to kill the bad guy. Well, that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> They're criminals. Clearly, you should murder them. Yeah. So in comic books, like Batman really started off as a dark, like Avenger of the night. You know, like he went out and he struck some fucking vengeance on yeah. on some motherfuckers. So when did when did he make the switch to not killing anybody? I know by the time I started getting into Batman in like the eighties, that was a thing. Oh yeah. But I'm sure it was like well before that, like the sixties well maybe. Before, I mean, it was probably uh, honestly in the forties. Oh wow. Yeah. When they like, when they started cheesing Batman up, cause it, it was only a year after Batman uh, came out that, that Robin came into the picture because they wanted to appeal to younger audiences. Young men do like to wear tights. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't even, I don't know if Robin even wore tights back then. Just weird underoos and booties. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and and it's it's funny because nobody back in those days, as far as I know, ever thought of this as like a fucking like taboo thing. But it wasn't until we've talked about it in the past with comics. um, Frederick Wortham came out with his book Seduction of the Innocent. I think that was in the early 50s where all of a sudden like they're calling they're calling Bruce a pedophile and a homosexual. And you're like, holy shit, like. It's just an adventurer and his fucking sidekick. Like, take it easy. But it it was in those early days where Batman started lightening up pretty quick, like well before the the Silver Age and the lightning of everything. Like he 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 became more of a a goofy character, you know, with with a comical um, rogues gallery. Well, yeah, and by the time you got to Adam West in the you know the Batman TV show, like it was full camp. Oh, yeah. I mean, even in the comics, comic books, like leading up to that, like I don't blame the TV show at all for what created Goofy Batman because in the comic books, he had already had like neon suits and zebra suits and scuba suits and like all sorts of campy fucking shit. And his ears were small and 
And, you know, it, 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 he was not like Mr. Fucking Dark Knight in 66 when they created the show. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, the show was reasonably accurate to what was in the comics. Yeah. I don't know if he had eyebrows in the comics at that point. I think uh, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I always thought that was ridiculous. After Bob Kane, like the big artist that took over that was uh, Dick Sprang. Like, and he was, he was huge on Batman and he did have that stylized cowl. Like it was, it was right from the comics. Um, and then you had, uh, Jerry Robinson who created the Joker, you know, and that, and so like the, those are kind of the big names. I know there's lots of others, Carmine Infantino, uh, Murphy Anderson, but you know, those are the big names, names. You think of Dick Sprang and you're like, oh yeah, fucking silver age Batman, but he became a fucking goofball. Yeah. So the TV show came out in the sixties and all of a sudden it was exposed to an even wider audience because, you know, like we said, seduction of the innocent happened in the fifties, shit, tons of people dropped out of comic books at that point. Like I, I know like Batman was almost canceled like multiple times because he just wasn't pulling the numbers. Like back then Superman was, was the big draw. Well, he call... wasn't a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have any fucking sidekicks. Or if he had a had a sidekick, it was a girl. Yeah, or a dog. Yeah, <laughs> very wortham <laughs> um, Thank goodness Wortham didn't go after that dog. That that would have been a whole different story. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until the seventies when Batman went back to his dark roots, uh, most notably with uh, with Denny O'Neill, R.I.P. Very recently. Yeah. Um, and Neil Adams taking over uh, the the comic book series and just making a point to make him serious. Like, that's all it really took was just, hey, let's get rid of the giant fucking piano keys that the Jokers got set up in a music museum to try to fucking take them out. You know, like, we don't we don't need a, a iceberg in Gotham Bay that's going to melt and flood the city from Mr. Freeze to to tell a good story. You know, they introduced characters like Rachel Ghoul and you know, started taking characters like Joker seriously again. Like when Joker first showed up, he was a fucking murderer. He was a mobster with a smile. And then he was a goofball yeah, for Yeah, he's a fucking clown. Yeah. So all of a sudden he's fucking making Joker fish and like seriously like killing people yeah for real and all of a sudden like batman's exciting like that that's that's my favorite batman back then like all all of a sudden you know there's real stakes there there's global stakes you know like it was almost like um i can't remember if it was denny o'neill or neil adams talking about their batman was like james bond in a costume like he's a global adventurer and he's just great at what he does and uh, that's when they started drawing, like, hair on his chest and shit. And, like, having him sleep yeah. with women. <laughs> Being an international playboy on his yeah. time off. Yeah. Part of what was highlighted then that uh, the movies have never done a really good job of is his deductive capabilities. Like, he is known as the world's greatest detective. And uh, you don't see that in a lot of the other media. Yeah. Yeah, that is tough. And that, and that was something that, like... He'd gained the reputation of that from the old stories, even like going back that far. But like, it was never really big mysteries. You know, it wasn't until like you brought in serious writers and serious stories where he actually got to put that to good use. Um, like, I can't think of any Batman movies where there's like a serious like crime scene investigation or where he's like 
following clues to figure something meaningful out. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Like, I think the closest they got was in Tim Burton's movie when Joker's doing his Joker gas thing. And, like, he figures out, like, the components that make it up and that it's not just one component, but it's several. But, yeah, he's never actually chasing a villain, you know, and, like, like following clues. Well, I guess in Dark Knight, he was, like testing out the way like bullets shatter in bricks and stuff to try to figure out what kind of bullet he used to track that down. But, but still he's pretty conventional stuff though, or like plugging some stuff into the bat computer and having it spit out a result is not world's greatest detective material. (laughs) Like you need to like do some Sherlock Holmes shit. Yeah. And those are some of the best stories in my opinion. Like I love to, to see Batman punch out the Joker, but when a writer can really craft a really good mystery, and if anyone says, "Oh, uh, take a look at one of those uh, Jeff Loeb Batman stories," <laughs> I was gonna I'm say, gonna, "I remember how much you loved Hush." Holy fucking shit! <laughs> I'm gonna boot your face right out of this planet. I I can't actually do that, but I I will I will do it mentally because that guy cannot write a mystery. If you if you have to introduce an element in the in the penultimate chapter for your mystery to to be a shocker it's not a good mystery yeah the the answer should have been there all along that's the the makings of a good mystery is that if you you like you want to go back and read it again and realize like oh shit there it is yeah i should have seen it the whole time but it's just out of your reach until you get to the end yeah and i don't need these shocker uh twists in the end where like all of a sudden, fucking Harold the Mechanic, who hasn't been in books for 10 years, shows up and you're like, oh shit, it was Harold. And then he gets fucking shot in the head and you're like, oh, well, cool. Thanks for thanks for wasting 15 pages of my life. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, after after his, his, uh, his return to darkness in the 70s, and of course we've got the 80s where... Darkness had, was king. Holy shit. Get gritty. Dark, Dark Knight Returns... Joker's killing joke like holy shit year one yeah yeah Frank Miller I guess we could just we could sum it up with at least with two of those stories like Frank Miller I mean honestly he did it right I know he he's lost his touch in in more recent years but you know year one and Dark Knight Returns are such fucking great seminal Batman stories like there is no beating those Killing Joke was like a, uh, it was outside of canon though, right? Like it was like not something that actually happened. Um, it, it did happen, but what it was, was it was kind of like the Joker movie with the unreliable narrator where it's like Joker more or less admits that, that that's, that could be the story. But what they did was they did carry uh, Barbara Gordon's paralysis into comics. Because as of the Oracle, she was. At least sitting in a wheelchair the whole time. I yeah. presume she was paralyzed. <laughs> yeah. She wasn't doing it for fun. But yeah, all of a sudden, like with that story, like you've got fucking Joker paralyzing Batgirl, possibly raping her. Yeah. You know, at least taking nudie pictures of her after being shot. And you see Commissioner Gordon's wiener and fucking he's trying to drive Gordon nuts. Like that was a serious adult story. Yeah, that is not something you want to, like, pick up for your kids. Oh, yeah. And have them read. My little one will not be reading that for a very long... I imagine she's going to get over Batman before she ever reads Killing Joke. That's too bad. (laughs) I mean, I hope not. Um, And same thing with Dark Knight Returns. Like, 
that is serious. Like language, like violence. All of a sudden you had a Batman that was just burly as fuck and angry. And, you know, like, like that, that line when they're in the mud pit and he's like, this isn't how oh, I have to paraphrase. This isn't a mud pit. This is an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. He just fucking breaks his fucking leg. Like, holy uh, shit. When Frank Miller's Batman was beefy. Oh, like, he's a fucking brick of a man. Yeah. Like, I don't think he, he could exist in real life. He's like the Barbie equivalent of Batman. Like a human being could not function with those proportions. Yeah. He'd, he'd fit well with. He-Man and the other masters of the universe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, since then, I think, I think Batman has always carried that sort of, not stigma, but that, that sort of like, like people are trying to live up to that. Like that really was a turning point for the caped crusader. Like he didn't smile anymore. Him and Superman weren't friends. And you know, he, he was a serious like man on a mission and fuck you. If you disagree with him, like he'll fuck you up. Yeah. And he's got his own ways and he's, he's going to do it his way. Yeah. And, uh, he's not a team player. I mean, he's in the justice league and shit still, but he was always kind of the black sheep of the justice league to a degree. I mean, like he was also the leader at times, Yeah, but he was never, I don't know. He, he was just always kind of gruff and shitty and yeah, he he didn't he didn't want to play with others. He no. would, but he didn't want to, um, unless the greater good was in yeah, there. Yeah, unless he had to. In which case, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, and I mean, since then, I feel like he's just sort of—I don't know. Th- this sounds shittier than I want it to, but I feel like the character of Batman has sort of floundered since then. Like, like it, it's all—it's always like somebody either wants to do like a Denny O'Neill Batman or a Frank Miller Batman or somewhere in between. And it's just sort of, it's inconsistent. You know, like, like if you've got a Batman who doesn't play well with others, but yet has this whole family thing, like I get it. There's a, there's an interesting psychological angle to it, but I don't know. It's tough. Like, like a lot of times people, it's, it's almost like they're just trying to retread that ground just be like, ah, you know, like, how can you do this? Because I'm the fucking Batman or or the GD Batman, like Frank Miller's return in uh, All-Star Batman was. He he could not stop calling himself the Glogdam Batman for, <laughs> I think there was, there was like a two-page spread where he said it like seven times, or maybe it was like two panels. Wow. Yeah, Robin was giving him shit about calling his car the Batmobile. And he's just like, I'm the Glogdam Batman. I can call my Glogdam car whatever I Glogdam want. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> what did Robin want it called? The Robin mobile? Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think it, yeah, he just, he just gave him shit. Well, cause at this point it was just Dick Grayson. This was after Batman had abducted him from the, the crime scene of his parents getting murdered. Yeah. Man, that story was a mess, but it was, it was, it was pretty, it was drawn by Jim Lee, but you had Batman like roasting cops. It's like, I don't know, Frank Miller. You, you you may have gotten a little uh, a little lost when you were doing your Sin City stuff before you came back to Batman. I haven't read much Batman in recent years, like of the newer stuff coming out. Like, did you read any of the, the Batman that laughs stuff? Like, I saw the art from it and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, I don't know what's going on because I, I, I haven't actually read any of it, but it is weird looking. Yeah, it all started with with a um, a story, a miniseries called... What was it? Dark Knight's Metal, I believe, where the Batman who laughs is from an alternate dimension where 
I believe he killed the Joker, but at the same time, the Joker infected him with Joker toxin, which drove him insane and basically made him into a Joker, but with all the smarts and tactical genius of Batman. And then all of a sudden, he just starts fucking like killing Earths and starts going into the multiverse, killing people and shit. And then all of a sudden, there there was this shit with the dark multiverse. I don't know. I read the original series and I just... I had a hard time keeping up with it. I don't know. I don't know why Scott Snyder, the writer who he's, he's done brilliant things on Batman. He took over with, uh, with the new 52 and started with, uh, with the court of owls. He did one before that, like Batman gates of Gotham, but that was a Dick Grayson Batman. Um, but I don't know once he started doing these big universe spanning series, like he's done justice league and he's currently doing, uh, I think it's called DC heavy metal or dark Knights heavy metal. It's a, it's a, another takeoff on that series. I just, I don't, I don't like how he does it. He, he just makes everything so grim and impossible until the last second when, when it's like, how do I describe it? It's like in it, on his justice league run, he's got like Superman in a place where like, it has been proven several times that Superman cannot escape this dimension that he's been banished to. But then all of a sudden in the last issue, when it really matters, Superman just thinks about his family and he really pulls through and finally breaks out. And it's like, well, that's not, that's not compelling. Really? It's like, he didn't figure a way out. He just, I'm stronger. You know, the plot needs me to get out of here. Yeah. It's like, no, like have him, have him use, have him use his brain to get out of there. So, I don't know. I I had a hard time with Dark Knight's Metal, and they started bringing uh, the Batman Who Laughs into the regular DC universe, and I haven't read much of it. Hmm. Apparently, he's a force to be reckoned with. I I don't know, and I don't really care for his design. So, no, he's all weird. He's got like the mask like comes over his eyes. You can't see his eyes. He's got like a spike collar and big tall ears, and he's all skinny and joker looking yeah and he's got like jokerized robins on on leashes and they're all like feral and shit i remember having to draw one for a uh for a commission once at a convention and i enjoyed that but yeah i don't know it's just it's it's out of my i don't know if comfort zone is the right word but it's just it's out of my interest zone yeah so uh you mentioned the bat family yeah which is uh an interesting thing that batman does just like picking stray children off of crime scenes and training them in martial arts and sicking them out on the world. <laughs> yeah. In brightly colored outfits. Yeah. Like, like it's almost like he wants them to be like a, a, a decoy. Yeah. Bullseye. <laughs> Aim at that kid over there in the bright red vest. Yeah. While I swing around in black in the night. But don't shoot him <laughs> in the legs because he has no armor there. No. If you're going to take them out, uh, crowbars seem to work. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Yeah, so the Robins, I mean, I think one of these days we should have a Robin episode, at least like a Dick Grayson episode. I've I've got a buddy who is super, super into Dick Grayson. Like, I've I've never met a bigger Dick Grayson, Robin, Nightwing fan in my life. And he also podcasts. Yeah, probably could, because there's a... There's a lot of Robins, too. There are, yeah. So we started with Dick Grayson, the uh, circus boy whose parents were killed um, by mobsters. Then we had Jason Todd. Dick Grayson graduated on to Nightwing. Yep. Jason Todd's hanging around for a while until uh, bad stuff happens. Yeah, Joker. yeah. Read, read Death in the Family. 
I was hoping that the that the new Death in the Family movie would come out before we did this. Like, like I Googled it to see if it was out yet, and it is not. That uh, Choose Your Own Adventure one? Yeah. The interactive movie? Yeah, because they did that in the comics, too, right? Where you, there was like a phone number where you could call and like vote for whether or not he gets killed. Yeah, it was a, it was a 900 number, so it charged you. Oh, nice. That was smart. I remember 900 numbers. Are those even still around? I doubt it. Huh. But uh, yeah, apparently fans voted for him to die. Yep. Not not a very large margin, but yeah, the fans voted him dead. dead. <laughs> um, so Joker beat him to death with a crowbar. Batman doesn't get there in time. <laughs> it blows up. Uh, he, you know, there's the picture of him like holding his body in his arms. and Yeah. I mean, that was serious shit. You killed a fucking Robin. Like, that's bonkers. I know for years, Dan DiDio wanted to kill Dick Grayson, but thank goodness it, it never happened. And then after that, we had my personal favorite Robin, possibly because it was from my childhood, but um, Tim Drake. Yeah. And he actually figured out Batman's identity. And uh, it, was at, it was at a time post-Jason Todd when, uh, when Batman was going down a seriously dark path. And he was like, Batman needs a Robin. So he, he worked himself into the role. That's ballsy. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a really good story, too. Um, that one comes from, uh, it's uh, A Lonely Place of Dying. That was a really good miniseries that crossed over with uh, with Teen Titans, or maybe it was just Titans at the time. No, I think it was Teen Titans, but, you know, it had a lot of Dick Grayson and a lot of Tim Drake and Batman, and it was a really good series. I love that one. I think it's usually collected in trade now with Death in the Family. It's all oh, that's cool. Kind of the same yeah, story. Kind of the same run there. Yeah. Um, and then after that, let's see, we had Stephanie Brown, who was the spoiler. That was her name. She was another vigilante. She was Robin's girlfriend. Yeah, I don't even remember that one. Yep. And then and then she was killed and then retroactively not killed. And oh yeah, well, Jason Todd came back too as the Red Hood. So. Yeah. Um, and then we have Damian Wayne. Yeah, which is his son. His actual son with Talia al Ghul, Rachel Ghul's uh, daughter. And uh, he is an annoying little piece of shit, in my opinion. Yeah, Fuck that's that kind guy. of the impression I got of him as well. Like, he came on kind of late into my comic reading career. So, like, I didn't really read a whole lot of it. But, like, I don't like this little turd. He is insufferable. And they killed him off for a second. And I hoped it would stay permanent, but... It never does. Nope, not even Jason Todd. <laughs> you know, for years, the, the thing was, nobody stays dead in comics except Jason Todd and Uncle Ben. And Jason Todd came, oh wait, maybe it was also Bucky. Yeah, Bucky was a part of that too. But Bucky came back to life too, right around the same time. Uncle Ben's still dead though, right? Yeah. He doesn't have a good reason to come back. Yeah, No exactly. one's clamoring for the return of Uncle Ben. Yeah. Or Pa Kent. I mean... Uncle Ben has come back like in alternate universes and like other little stories because, oh, that'd be really interesting to have Peter talk to Uncle Ben. But not really. No, not in any significant way. Um, and then, of course, in Dark Knight Returns, we had Carrie Kelly, who was. Uh, oh, yeah. She was the first female Robin and she was a sassy, spunky little little uh, lady. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was like. Drink a water? No, Piece that, of ass? No, that, <laughs> Whoa. that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> and she's since graduated into, like, I think she was Catgirl in the first, like, Dark Knight Returns sequel, and then she became Batwoman more recently. Yeah, and then Barbara Gordon, Batgirl. Yep. 
was around. Yeah, she was Commissioner while. Gordon's daughter, and she was a librarian, and eventually developed in her own character because at first it was just sort of <laughs> it was a novelty. Um, but and then we also had Huntress, I guess. I don't know. There's so many fucking characters. I I think those are the main ones. Yeah, th- those are the the main Bat Family folks. Yeah. yeah, we don't have to worry about Azrael and Duke Thomas and fucking Lucius Fox. Yeah, those are yeah, those are just like other side characters. Yeah, but uh, hey, while we're listing characters, oh hello, uh, one of my favorite things about Batman is his Rogues Gallery. Fuck yeah! Because holy shit, I think he's got to have the best Rogues Gallery in comics. It is the best. I think the only person who puts up any fight is Spider Man. Spider Man's got a pretty good one. Uh, X Men have a decent, like as a group, they have a, a decent Rogues Gallery. But uh, fuck off. But when someone says Rogues Gallery, I think Batman. Yeah, and, and it it goes back to like like it's it's such a shame that nobody thinks of Dick Tracy with Rogues Galleries, but it's the same sort of thing. Just some some physically deformed, physically and mentally, I guess, deformed, like eccentric characters. Yeah, like the fucking Joker we've talked about. Of course, everybody knows about the fucking Joker and Catwoman, but like Two Face, like a, a district attorney scarred and uh and you know i guess mentally and physically i've always loved mr freeze as a villain at least when he's there he's trying to save nora you know he's kind of like a weird twisted dude i remember watching uh batman sub-zero the the animated flick with with my daughter when she was like four or she was watching it and i was in the other room drinking with some friends and i went in there and like had like a long conversation with her she's four i was not gonna have a much of a conversation with at uh about how you know, she was like, Mr. Freeze is the bad guy. And I was like, well, he's not really, you know, he's not really a bad guy, especially in that movie. Like he's, he's a lot, there's a lot more nuance to it. Like he's not an evil wants to, you know, he's not Joker. He's not yeah. a sadist. And, and that's what a lot of people say about, about some of the best villains are ones that you can sympathize with. Yeah. Like, that's why, I mean, going to your, your X-Men example that I poo-pooed, like, that's why Magneto is such a compelling villain because fucking... Being a victim of Nazis, like, okay, I can yeah. understand why this guy is fucking pissed at humanity. Yeah, and he, he's got a cause, and it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe he's going about it wrong, but uh, he's not just a sadist. Like, Joker's just a fucking asshole. He's just a sadist who's in it for fucking chaos. Yeah, some men just want to watch the world burn. And then and then he's got others like Clayface, who I love Clayface. I think he's a cool-ass villain, but he, I mean, he's... You know, he's also like a failed experiment or something, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, um, I was reading a comic book with the little one the other day that had Clayface in it. And she was asking about it. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just watch. Uh, what was it? Feet of Clay, I think, uh, from the original animated series, the the two-parter. Mm-hmm. And it is beautiful and it's tragic. He's an actor who, who gets in an accident. You know, I can't really speak to the comic book because there's been like, four different clay faces yeah. but matt hagan in the in the cartoon you know he's an actor who gets disfigured and has this like goo that can make him fix his face and you know and, and he gets in with the mob or, or with roland daggett and gets fucked up to where he's just you know they try to kill him by by o- overdosing him with that shit and then all of a sudden he becomes Clayface, you know where he can form himself into whatever which it's kind of a bummer that he didn't just become an actor again he's like oh cool yeah i'm fixed now yeah he he had some vengeance to fucking piss to fucking wreak upon the world you know i mean we can do quick hits 
We've got fucking Riddler. Yeah, Riddler, kill, uh, Killer Croc. Yeah. Fucking uh, Mr. Zazz, fucking Penguin. Mm-hmm. Mad Hatter. Toy Man. Uh, I think Toy Man's a Superman villain. I uh, guess he is. Yeah. Huh? Uh, we've got fucking, I don't know, Calendar Man. Uh, oh, shit. I just <laughs> had someone in my head the other day. Sports. I mean, not the other day. Um, <laughs> he was at least in Brave and the Bold. Scarecrow. Yeah, Scarecrow. Rachel Ghoul, fucking Firefly, Killer Moth, oh, Man Bat. Yes, Man Bat. There, oh shit! <laughs> There's a big one that I'm forgetting, and I'm so fucking pissed at myself right now. Catwoman. No, I said Catwoman. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, I think. Oh shit! This is also one of those things where it's like, hey, let's name off the best yeah. Batman villains, and then. We're we're one hundred percent bound to forget something. There's somebody yelling at their radio, right? Yeah, now. yeah. radio. <laughs> um, yeah, like somebody's a fucking big fan of fucking Kite Man. <laughs> They're like, how could you not say Kite Man? <laughs> what about what about Polka Dot Man? Gotham's just full of crazy fucking people with powers and or money and or boundless insanity. Yeah, God bless it. And I, I think one of the shows. That, uh, that like highlighted that the best for me was Batman, the brave and the bold. I fucking loved that show. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was more of a Batman team up show. Like Batman was definitely the main character, but I guess the brave and the bold were, you know, all of his buddies. Well, yeah. And that, that took off from, uh, from the comic book title, brave and the bold, which featured Batman teaming up with people like uh, DC had DC comics presents, which had Superman teaming up with people. And then Brave and the Bold was, for the most part, Batman teaming up. So it was a total callback. Oh, yeah. And it, and it absolutely went back. I mean, it, it brought back that lighter Batman. Oh, yeah. I mean, and th- this was in 2008, maybe? I believe that. 2010, somewhere around that time. Yeah. Like, the Chris, the Chris Nolan Batman movies had already come out and all that, too. Right? Oh, no. We're oh. about to get dinged by all the people who think we're well-researched. Yeah, um, let's see. Dark Knight came out in 2008, I believe. Yeah. So it's those things. So it was about the same time those were coming out where that was like the realistic gritty Batman. And then on the animated side, they had this goofy ass, kind of campy, silly, lighthearted Batman who uh, was just an absolute joy to fucking watch. I loved that show. <laughs> yeah, Diedrich Bader does a great Batman. Like when, I, when I'm reading comic books to the kid and i'm and i'm doing voices like i try to channel kevin conroy but i think more often it comes out as Diedrich bader yeah he did an awesome job and it had uh the aquaman in there was uh i think it was voiced by um john dimaggio, john DiMaggio. yeah he was just such an ass yeah <laughs> oh he so was great. pompous and <laughs> fucking full of himself and everything was was an adventure he was excellent and um you had Paul Rubens as Batman. Yes. Let's see. Was it wasn't Mark Hamill the uh, the uh, the fucking music guy? Oh shit! What was his name? Music Meister. Yeah, Music yeah. Meister. <laughs> but it was cool because that. I mean, I was I w- kind of went through the list on that because I was like, so who did they have in that show? And they had fucking like everybody. In yeah. Show. They had like Booster Gold and and Green Arrow was in it a shit ton. Blue Beetle was in it a bunch. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they just had like one-off things of other people popping in and out. Um, Plastic Man was there, was in it quite a few times. And then the villains that he had in that, I mean, it was just fucking everybody. Yeah. I think Literally they had a gentleman ghost in that. Yeah, they like, did. Who the fuck puts gentleman ghost into a, into a cartoon? 
Yeah, Brave and the Bold was so much fun. And to be honest, like like the I'll go back and watch the episodes that had Superman in it too, because of course I'm a huge Superman fan, but their Superman was done so well. And like that was such a a huge missed opportunity, or not missed opportunity, but a huge bummer to me that like back in the old animated series days that Superman never got to show up. Like it just wasn't in the cards, and I get it. it sh- he yeah. shouldn't have been there. Yeah, he wouldn't have really fit. No. But Brave and the Bold was perfect for him. You could have a big goofy Lex Luthor with some fucking plot. Um, no, that that show was brilliant. And I mean, you were telling me that you went back and watched the uh, the finale. Yeah, I, and I think it's one of the best finales in you know, series series finales ever. Like it's not it gets all meta because Batmite comes in and he's like trying to get the show canceled because he wants a new grittier Batman. It's <laughs> like yeah. the plot of it. So Batmite's trying to get the show canceled, and he succeeds in doing that. Yeah. And uh, then realizes that he also gets canceled with that because the new gritty Batman is not going to have Batmite in it. And, like, it ends, they cancel the show, and then it goes to, like, a little rap party where it's got, like, all the fucking heroes and a bunch of the villains, and they're, they're like, taking the—they're, like, talking about it. He's like, I didn't think I, this many people would show up. Yeah, they're taking apart the, the Batcave set. As if it's a real TV show and everyone's just chatting there, like remembering better times. Yeah, they like pick up the Batmobile and turn sideways and it's just a cardboard cutout and they uh. carry it off and shit. It's, uh, and he gives a little, a little brief speech at the end and, uh, yeah, and signs off. And it's like, man, that was, uh, that was an excellent ending. A lot of shows don't get an ending like that. Yeah. And a lot of shows that wouldn't fit. But, like, this one could pull something like oh, that off. Perfectly. Can you imagine, like, if Cheers ended meta like that? Like, fuck no. Well, yeah, like, one of the things Batmite did was, they, like, they made Aquaman's voice. He was voiced by fucking Darcy from fucking Married with Children. I don't remember what that guy's actual name is. Darcy was a woman. Marcy Darcy? Oh, the, oh the, Jefferson Darcy. Jefferson Darcy. Yeah. Was, yes, the, the, yeah. Like, made that actor Aquaman's voice for a while. Oh, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was... It, funny so it was uh and made a bunch of like jumping the shark references and shit <laughs> but uh yeah that was a great show if you haven't seen it go watch it yeah do it make it happen i want to rewatch that shit yeah so other than brave and the bold like batman's had a lot of animated incarnations like there was there was the filmation series back in the 60s i think they re-upped it in the 70s and like switched voices i think adam west may have come back to do it um, there was the, uh, the Batman series that was, uh, headed up by Jeff Matsuda after, after the, uh, the original animated series. Yeah. The one where they had the fucking weird ass looking Joker. I never, I had a hard yeah. time getting into that one because I disliked the look of the Joker so much. I didn't like the art style in general. It's just the, even the way Batman looked. I See, didn't really I like. liked the look of Batman, but yeah, all of his villains had to be redesigned because they were following the animated series that was an instant classic and it was faithful to the comics. So it was weird. And it had that weird original theme song by the edge that ends with like the Batman. Yeah, I remember us always joking about how it sounded like he was like twisting his nipples while he's saying that. And every time I hear that, I think of it or do it. Like I just yeah. did it a second ago. <laughs> yep. Of course I twisted my nipples. Um, and you know, that, that was all right. It ran for a lot of seasons or, I mean, I don't know, probably five seasons, four or five seasons, four years. Yeah. Yeah. And like they, they introduced Robin and Batgirl and then in the last season, like justice league. So of course I watched the episodes that had Superman. 
And then we had, we also had Beware the Batman. Did you ever watch that one? The, I did not. I remember hearing about it, but never, never watched it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched one episode. I, I wasn't impressed. It was a 3d series is he had a, he had a all black design. They were using less, um, less known villains. I don't know. It didn't, I don't think it lasted beyond one season. It may have even gotten canceled before the season ended. Yeah, I remember hearing about it coming, hearing that it was CGI, being like, eh, maybe I'll check it out, and then never hearing about it until we had this podcast right now. Well, and then there was Batman Beyond, which was the one that came right after the original animated series. What did you think of that when it came out? I remember thinking, like, it was such a radical change, because it was was now like like a cyberpunk style setting, and it had, like, guitar riffs and stuff in the score, and... He's in that weird black suit and Bruce Wayne's an old man and just thinking like, oh, I don't like this at all. But then watching it, it was actually pretty good. It was really good. And I yeah. and I think what I feared about it originally ended up being what made it great, where I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is not Batman. But what it didn't what it didn't do was like the same thing as the Batman, where it tried to reinvent the wheel, but in the same universe that I know and love. So it was just, it was a different place. It was a different time, or I guess it was the same place, different time. So they, they had that creative freedom to do those things that, um, you know, it, it didn't without sounding too like angry geek fanboy, like it didn't insult my love for Batman. Yeah. And it was cool because the concept was Bruce Wayne was too old to be Batman anymore. So he found a new Batman, but he's still like there and he's like talking to him all the time and he's still sounds like bat like he's, he is batman it was like, still kevin conroy yeah and this kid is out doing something and sometimes he didn't approve of that or a lot of the times he didn't approve of what was going on or thought something should happen differently and it was like it was a proper changing of the guard kind of thing yeah and and so i think it navigated that really well yeah and they, and they had that uh that return of the joker movie which was it was pretty damn good i think it was i mean some of it was a little far-fetched but it was that series was a worthy successor. It was a worthy entry into the into the legend of Batman. As far as animated series go, I think it was almost necessary because the original animated series was such a behemoth. Yeah. That doing something different afterwards, like even when by the time the Batman came around, it was still hard for them to do something different, even though it'd been shit, eight, nine years. Yeah, man. And I mean and then we also had the uh, the Batman animated movies from DC, which, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and go through every single one of them. Some of them are great. Some of them aren't. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's real easy to say that, you know, of course, based on on great comic book series, like the Batman year one animated movie is fantastic. The Dark Knight Returns two part animated movies are wonderful. Uh, I really liked uh, the Under the Red Hood yeah oh that one's fucking super good that is so good i think that's probably my favorite yeah once they started going down that line along the same lines as like the justice league war uh after flashpoint paradox and where all of a sudden it took place in the same universe there was like let's see there was like batman versus robin batman bad blood and i feel like there were a couple others i don't know it 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 lost me a little bit like it, it just it wasn't special anymore once it was like a series of animated movies. Like I really loved how in DC's early days, they tried to mimic the art style of what they were doing the animated uh, movie of like, so year one and dark Knight returns are totally based on the art style of the comic books. And even 
uh, under the red hood. Like it, it's stylized Batman. Like it had flashback sequences to earlier days with Jason Todd Robin and like Batman in that had like the yellow oval on his costume, yeah. you know, and it was blue and gray rather than black and gray. Um, those animated movies were so, so good, but yeah, go watch them all and tell us what you think at, uh, <laughs> email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. Um, but I mean, of course we can't not talk about it. We've talked about it before. I mean, should we skip it for now? Cause I have a feeling you and I are both going to talk about it later. Yeah, prob- probably. <laughs> okay, there were no other animated series that we're going to talk about right now. <laughs> um, so, how about the other juggernaut that Batman took uh, took part in, which is movies, of course. Yeah, I heard there was a couple of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's always a couple of them, <laughs> either in development or having just come out. So, I mean... We had the movie based on the 66 animated series, which should we touch on that instead of the series? I don't know, because I don't know if we really need to talk about Gotham. Like, do we need to go in about no. Batman TV series is I, I, I watched like the first bit of Gotham. And uh, when I realized, like, this isn't going to have any Batman in it, I don't really I don't think I care about young Jim Gordon. Yeah, like they got me for the first season. And then in the second season, it sort of lost me. And then by the third season, I was like, nope, I'm out. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I did not hold my interest, so. So I guess we could we could uh, talk about the 66 Batman as a TV series slash movies. Because it, it was all kind of the same it thing. It was very much the same thing. <laughs> Even like his guest spots on Scooby-Doo was still very much uh, Adam West doing his thing. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the Scooby-Doo. Except I, I, what? Oh, yeah. Wait, was it Adam West? Oh, shit. I always thought it was. I'm trying to remember if it was Adam West or if it was the guy from Super Friends. Oh, no. I have no idea. Hey, email us, listeners. Let us know. Because, I mean, we could Google it, but... Fuck that. I'm not gonna. I want interaction, clog damn it. Um, yeah, 66 series. Boy, was that goofy. Boy, did I love it. Yeah, it was still fun. Like, they, you know, they it had the automatopias when they'd punch people and, yeah. uh, you know... Cesar Romero as Joker being hilarious. Yeah. Painting over his mustache because he wouldn't shave it off. <laughs> I mean, fucking Burgess Meredith as Penguin, Frank Gorshin as Riddler, um, Julie Newmar, and then in the movie Lee Merriweather, and then later on uh, Eartha Kitt as the Catwomen. Like, all of them were fantastic. Holy shit, man. When I watched that Batman movie from 66 or 67, whenever it came out, Lee Merriweather is Catwoman. Holy fuck, that woman is beautiful. She's playing Kitka, trying to fool Bruce Wayne into falling in love with her. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm. It's been a while since I've seen that flick. But they're they're just fun. They are the goofy, you know, the goofy silly Batman. But uh as far as goofyish Batman go, um, and the and Batman being kind of silly, I'll take that over, you know, Batman forever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, so believe it or not, I was hoping I would have this. I just looked in my phone cause I hadn't thought of it before, but back from September 12th, 1915, I was going through the, uh, the Batman series. 1915. Did I say that? Yes. 2015. <laughs> um, I was, uh, I was going through the series. I watched the first two seasons, I believe. 
and I was making a list of my favorite sound effects. So rather than doing a ranking list later, I think I'll just throw them in right here. All right. Um, so we have Vronk. Vronk. What was that in relation to? Do you remember? The, it's all people getting punched and shit. <laughs> yeah. We had Auk, A-W-K. We had Zzap, which was Z-Zap with two Ps. We had another Auk that was Auk, but it had four Ks, maybe five. That's I'm when not you get sure. punched real hard. Yeah. There was Clonk with three Ks. There was Boff with three Fs. And how about Zlop with two Ps? Well, that's a very sloppy sounding punch. Oh, man, that was probably a good plosive <laughs> for you there, too. There was Zowie oh. and Zizwap. Zizwap. Zizwap, yep. Z-Zwap. They were just having fun. Yeah, and I, and of course I left out like the Biff Bam Pow. Yeah, but yeah. I was just looking for the most goofy ones. I'm so glad that's still on my phone. Um, but Adam West and Burt Ward... God bless you folks for doing what you did, because that was brilliant. But that was also in the 60s when things were goofy as shit, and that also tainted Batman for years, even so much yeah. that once it came to the late 70s when they wanted to make a new serious Batman movie, like nobody fucking bought into it at all. It took them a decade to make what we've spoken about before on this show, because we saw it in the theaters for his 30th anniversary, Batman. 89. Oh, man. So good. Yeah, we we did a whole podcast on it, so we don't need to really go into it right nope. now. But uh, yeah, go, it's a good movie. Go listen to that one. We were stoked to see it in the theaters, and you should do it too. Yeah, and, and then Batman Returns was uh, was pretty good. It was more Tim Burton. Yeah. For sure. It was, it was heavier Tim Burton fare than the first Batman was. Uh, but Danny DeVito fucking killed it as the Penguin still. Yeah. Yeah, very different Penguin and Catwoman. And it's it's interesting. You can watch Tim Burton's career trajectory and like how he gets more and more to the Tim Burton you know over time. So like after Batman 89, he made Edward Scissorhands, where he had free reign. Yeah. He'd had a he'd had a huge smash like Batman. So all of a sudden he's like, Oh, I get to be Tim Burton now. And then he comes back to he comes for Batman Returns, and I don't know, man. Yeah, like it it's I love it. I will own it forever. I'll watch it, but it's it's different. It's definitely not the best Batman movie. No. I guess speaking of not the best Batman movies, there was two more turds that came after that. Yeah. <laughs> Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. Yeah, Batman Forever we also saw in the theaters. Did we do a Gone Geek Exploring for that? We didn't, did we? I don't think so. Yeah. We got to take our kids to go see that. Because that one is okay for little kids. Uh, yes, it is goofy. Um, Val Kilmer and George Clooney. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the two Batman. Respectively as Batman. Um, Batmans. Bat, yeah, Bat, Batmans. Bat <laughs> Batmans. You know, I don't think either of them necessarily did a bad job as Batman. No. But, uh, you know, they, had, they only had one script to work with. And yeah. Daniel great. fucking Day-Lewis could have been Batman in both of those movies, and it still would have been shit. Like, it's it's not on the actor playing Batman in, the, in that case. And poor Joel Schumacher, R.I.P., like, he really wanted to do something better and darker. And it was the studio's directive after seeing Penguin bite some motherfucker's nose and it's bleeding all over the place and Penguin, like, 
shooting black gunk out of his mouth as he's dying. You know, they're like they they had to go somewhere lighter. And I don't blame them. I wish they wouldn't have gone so light, but I <sighs> I understand the mentality behind it. Arnold freaking Schwarzenegger is Mr. Freeze. <sighs> Jim Carrey's, you know, doing something over the top, which at that point is really all he knew how to do. Like he definitely has branched out since then, but man, his, yeah. his Riddler is just, it's a bit much. His Riddler was 100% Frank Gorshin. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the real, the real sadness was that they had an actor of Tommy Lee Jones's caliber playing a goofy Joker knockoff Two-Face. Like his first few seconds in that movie are so brilliant. He's so quiet and reserved until he, oh, I've said this on the show before. I don't remember why or when, but I have. I'll say it again. He has that speech in the beginning where he's super reserved. And then once he gets into that guy's face, he's like, luck, blind, stupid, simple, doodah, clueless luck. And then he's a laughy fucking goofball the entire time. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's that whole story about how he hated Jim Carrey on set. Really? Yeah. Like, like, uh, in fact, the, somebody I think Jim Carrey was just on Norm Macdonald's podcast or something, and he reiterated the story and people are running it like it was something new. I remember hearing this years ago, but one time when they were filming, Jim Carrey saw Tommy Lee Jones at a restaurant and he's like, hey, Tommy Lee Jones, like went to go like say hello and like. Tommy Lee Jones was like, oh, hey, and like got up and like, I guess gave him a hug maybe. And then while there, he's just like, I hate you and I hate everything you represent or something like that. And or he said like, I cannot sanction your type of buffoonery to him. <laughs> like Tommy Lee Jones fucking hated that guy. Wow. And recently, like when Jim Carrey was on that show, he was talking about how like, you know, he gets why Tommy Lee Jones didn't like him. You know, like it, it was. Jim Carrey was just, he was over the top. And I guess some people have come out saying like Tommy Lee Jones is used to being like the center of attention or really? like, you know, when the camera's rolling, like he is the one that the camera is paying attention to. So when he's got this like force of nature that he can't compete with, you know, that, that, it, that it was really tough for him. And maybe that's why he went so big and over the top because he was trying to beat Jim Carrey at his game. I don't know. Well, he didn't. No, he did not. <laughs> yeah, so he's just kind of a prima donna then, huh? Yeah. And uh, yeah, fuck toys, fuck McDonald's, fuck Warner Brothers for doing that to the Batman franchise. But it did years later lead us to possibly the best Batman series, the Nolan series. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Um. It, yes. I And I don't know how long we want to talk about these but uh they're good forever batman begins was great dark knight was fantastic and then dark knight rises kind of soured everything for me um, yep. like it was still pretty good but uh I, I i liked the dark batman i liked how it was an, it was a more grounded realistic world um i love that they opened up the series with uh rachel ghoul and not the the joker they waited for the second yeah. movie to do the joker which is yeah cool. rachel ghoul and scarecrow and scarecrow yeah yeah that's so that was neat um and uh bane was okay uh but the the thing that i think bothered me the most about that batman series is other than his fucking voice 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> is uh, that he spends the entire series trying not to be Batman. Yeah. And trying to get out of being Batman. And it just seems so antithetical to Batman's character. Like, Batman is Batman because he has to be Batman. Yeah. He feels obligated and no one else can do what he can do. And that's why he does it. Yeah. And until nobody is getting murdered and orphaned in alleys, Batman has to exist. Yeah, exactly. And, and he, you know, he's going to exist until he dies, essentially. Yeah. Like Batman doesn't retire to fucking Venice or wherever the fuck they were. Yeah. That was what got me more than anything out of that. Is they, It kind of spoiled the whole thing for me. Because when, after seeing, I'd kind of noticed stuff like that in the first couple. But then after seeing the third one and being like, holy shit, he just really doesn't want to be Batman. Yeah, he's been feeling sorry for himself for eight years being a cripple up in Wayne Manor. What? Yeah. So, um, but otherwise, if you if you kind of just watch it as the first two and ignore the third one, it's yeah. great. I mean, the Dark Knight with Heath Ledger's Joker was like inarguable. Is that the word? Yeah, it's not unarguable. Inarguably brilliant. It was, it's definitely the best on-screen portrayal of the Joker, in my opinion. I mean, Yeah. Jack Nicholson was great, but Heath Ledger just transformed himself. I mean, I guess we don't really need to go into that. Like, everybody fucking knows what Heath yeah. Ledger did. So, uh, yeah, those were good. Did you like them? I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we got uh, Batfleck. Yeah. With uh, Batman v Superman and... Justice League. Yeah, I mean, let's just for a second tell Justice League to fuck off cuz that's such a mess. Like let's let's yeah. just ignore that. Table that until Zack Snyder's Justice League comes out. Batman in in fact, I was at a I was at Angelina's family's place yesterday and we were talking about what our favorite Batman was and to be honest, much as I love Michael Keaton, I think Affleck in Batman v Superman is the best Batman. Yeah, that movie's got some issues, but it's not him. Yeah. And like his scenes as Batman, you know, as few as there were, but like especially that warehouse scene, but just it's it's fucking brilliant. Like that is comic book Batman. Yeah. Well, and and he did Bruce Wayne real well too. Yeah. Like I thought he pulled Bruce Wayne off splendidly. Yeah. So uh yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, and I wouldn't d disagree with that. I think he is one of the better Batmans. <laughs> <laughs> I like in my mind. I think I think we were having this conversation the other night too about like what's the best Batman. And in my mind, it's you know it is Kevin Conroy. That is Batman. Like from the anime series, that voice is the voice I imagine Batman having. And so yeah. Everyone else kind of needs to live up to that. I have to take this back. It was totally here where we are having that conversation. It was not at Angelina's. No, oh, I figured place. you were just maybe having it again. No, I mean, I would. But... I know you would. That's why I wasn't surprised. Well, we've had Kevin Conroy's voice in the animated series and a bunch of animated movies. But another thing that he did on a few occasions, at least, was video games also. There is no shortage of Batman video games. Yeah, and like most superhero video games, like there are some shitty Batman games out there, but unlike most superhero video game franchises, there's also some really good ones. Yeah, yeah, I think he's probably got a better track record than most like, you know, movie or comic property characters do. 
Yeah, I'd say the only person that that stands against him, similar to Rogue's Galleries, is Spider-Man. And Spider-Man's got a uh, uniquely fun shtick that uh, makes video games awesome. Yeah. Like if you get the web slimming, sl- if you get the web slinging mechanic right, it's yeah. going to be fun. Even if the rest of the game is shit, you just swing around the city all day and have a good time. You know, it's just like that, <laughs> that Superman Returns video game where you can fly around the city yeah. and that's the best part of it. And the, the like that, uh, that video game, uh, Spider-Man 2 based on or based on uh, the movie Spider-Man 2. I will still play that just because the swinging is so much fun. Yeah. So, um. What was the first Batman video game you played? It had to have been the the one ba- for Nintendo based on Batman 89. Yeah, same here. I remember renting that from Mr. Video. Oh, shit, Mr. Video. That's what I have as your ringtone on my phone when you call me. Wait, really? Yep. Oh, like the... Yeah, that's the that's the jam when you call. I was playing that on that little Nintendo machine I have the, with an emulator, but for whatever reason, it's like a super sped up version of that game. So like even the theme song goes super fast. Yeah, that little thing's a little funky. Yeah, yeah, like it, well, it just did the games and stuff it has on it is uh, it's not uh, true to the original emulation. That's yeah, for yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, Super Mario Brothers fourteen. Yeah. But, uh, no, that Batman game was actually pretty good. Like, a lot of NES, like, film tie-in games had a a bit of a bad rap, but... uh, Deservedly so. That one, I mean, it was a fairly solid side-scroller. You know, you're beating up dudes and and heading to the right. Yes, yeah. (laughs) And and when you die, you, you turn into a big flaming bat symbol. Yeah. See, that game, I loved the shit out of that growing up. And I mean, I still love it, but I don't think I've ever gotten anywhere close to beating it. That game, like once you get to like, yeah, level three is just like fucking impossibly hard when it's got like those like jumping man creatures in the sewer. Like I I still to to this day can't hardly beat that fucking level. That was kind of the shtick with 8-bit games is uh, we can't make it longer, but we can make it take you longer to beat it. By making it stupid fucking hard. Go full, you know, Battletoads or Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. On a... Fucking Double Dragon. Yeah. Yeah, just make it fucking stupid hard so that you have to master it to beat it. And then once you master it, like Contra, we beat... We played through Contra the other night. I mean, you can get through Contra in 10 minutes. Yeah. Without any problem. Well, with lots of problems. Yeah, we had lots of problems. You know the Konami code, you can get through it. Yeah, and if you haven't been drinking. Yeah. Or you're not super out of practice. I mean, I'm going to start, I'm going to start practicing that. Like I've always wanted to beat it without using the Konami code. I want to beat it in one game. I think I can. I think it'll just take me some solid training. Yeah. Like same thing with like punch out. Like I never beat punch out. Yeah. I got close. I got two Tyson a few times, but I, I could never beat him. Yeah. I only ever saw Kyle beat him by decision. That's the only time I've ever seen somebody beat punch out in yeah. person. But, uh, yeah, Batman video Batman. games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there, there was, I mean, there's a ton of them. Like I'm looking at a list of Batman video games. There are so many that I haven't played. Yeah. There on Nintendo, there was Batman. There was Batman return of the Joker, which was not anywhere near as good as the, uh, as the first one. And then there was a Batman returns game. Um, as far as I know, that was all for Nintendo, unless they, they did some, uh, some later like animated series ones towards the end of the, 
and end of its life cycle. Yeah, I know there was some for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, Super Nintendo and Genesis and Game Gear all all had uh, animated ones. I I played them all, never beat any of them. Um, I did particularly love the uh, Batman Returns games for both Super Nintendo and Genesis. They were very different from each other. Like the Genesis one was was a platformer, and the um, the Super Nintendo one was a brawler. Oh, really? Yeah, and they both looked really good. Did they play good? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed them. I mean, the the brawler especially, like, you know, he had, of course, he'd be beaten up on him. And then if there were two enemies around, like, he, he'd grab, like, grab them each by the head and slam them together. You oh, know? awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think a brawler is a solid combo for Batman. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make as much sense with Superman because he doesn't need to, like, go around walking and punching. Although there is a Superman brawler. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I remember playing it on uh, my old arcade machine. I had a Oh shit, yeah. that's right. Well, oh, and are are you talking about the arcade game or yeah. the Super Nintendo the arcade, one? Yeah, the arcade game, but it was a brawler. Yes. Yeah. yeah, um the on the Super Nintendo there was the Death and Return of Superman, which was a full-on like Double Dragon style brawler. Ah, did you get killed by Doomsday halfway through? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. That's and cool. then you get to play as all the all the other <laughs> Supermen. But back to Batman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> there was also a um there was a Batman Forever brawler for the arcade. And I only ever got to play it a couple times, but it was fucking badass. Like it was, it was in the emerging like pixel graphics or no, not pixel, uh, fucking like rendered graphics rather than, uh, Oh really? Yeah. Um, so it was like, it was CGI and all slick and shit and rendered. Um, and he had a very giant bat symbol and always looked super cool, but I, it may have come out for like Sega Saturn or something, but I never, I never got it for the home console. Yeah. I never owned me a Saturn. Yeah, and there was also a uh, Batman Forever game for, I think it was the same for Super Nintendo and Genesis, and it was, um, it may have been made by Midway. So, because they 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 had a very Mortal Kombat look to them, and like like it it was real people shot, you know, to to for the movements and everything, and they'd like stand there in their like fighting pose oh, yeah. like a Mortal Kombat guy does. And that game was fucking shit. <laughs> they can't all be winners, no. man. Um, there was, uh, one, one Batman we didn't talk about at all yet, but I just realized, um, that, uh, thinking about video games reminded me of is Lego Batman. Oh yeah. 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 Cause there's a, at least a couple Lego Batman games that I've played and, uh, they're fun. They're, they're just like every other Lego game. Yep. Like the thing that makes it kind of cool is that it's riffing on Batman instead of whatever it happens to be. Riffing yeah. On Indiana it. Jones, Star Wars, Harry Potter. Yeah. The Marvel one was pretty fun. But it is cool um, that uh, they, you know, they they consistently take that kind of comedic self-referential humor thing and kind of a more like almost a parody of Batman throughout it uh which is fun yeah 100 uh, and what's his name does the voice yeah will arnett uh, will arnett yeah and uh not a bad batman voice no honestly i think he does a pretty good job at it yeah like, like yeah I'd like, take that over christian bale he was he was great <laughs> in the lego movie and then the lego batman movie was fucking brilliant i never saw it really yeah oh i've got it i loved the lego movie though it was great in that no, i never actually saw the lego batman movie it's a lot of fun michael Sarah does does the voice of robin Oh, neat. Yeah. Lego is pretty reliable for fun. Yeah. Yeah. You will be entertained when you're, when you're involved with Lego. Yeah. It doesn't always have a lot of substance. Like, like the games, they don't have a lot of substance. You're running around, you build some stuff, you smash some stuff, you collect some little, uh, the little coin stud things. Yeah. That's what they're called. Yeah. And, and they are, they're designed for you to not lose. 
You know, like they're designed for children to be able to play through and beat. So I I end up getting bored with the formula before I ever beat any of those games. Yeah, absolutely. There was a uh, there was a a, an arcade game based on the first uh, the the eighty nine Batman movie that was really cool. But like I only ever saw it one place, and that was at the Cinedomes in uh, in Citrus Heights when I was a kid. Oh, really? It's hard. I tried playing it on uh, probably on your arcade machine. It was it was emulated. So yeah, they want your freaking coins man mm-hmm. it's the shtick with every arcade game is uh it lets you get through maybe the first level on a coin or two and then uh just just you better keep feeding that son of a bitch yeah you're fucked you realize how short some of those arcade games are when you have a like a, a emulation cabinet and you're playing them and you could feed virtual quarters into it yeah ad nauseum uh you can get through them pretty quick just do what it cost you 30 bucks yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I guess like the, the big one, I think probably my favorite Batman game series, because it, it did the best job of making you feel like Batman is, uh, the Rocksteady Arkham games. Yeah. I mean, holy shit. I I remember the first time I played Arkham Asylum and, uh, it just blew me away. Like, because I, I had not been like drowned in, you know, the button sequence, punch them up yet at that point and the combat just felt so fluid while having to do so little it was awesome yeah yeah you just (laughs) you just hit a button and point in a different direction all of a sudden he like maneuvers himself like you actually watch the animation like it's like you're controlling his brain and then all of a sudden like batman has like a move ready for the guy behind him yeah oh shit and he had such a good variety of different moves and stuff that it it felt like batman was fighting and it wasn't you didn't get like used to eventually you kind of picked up on all the different stuff he did but like the you know the the button was not like punch punch you know like you'd press the same button three times and he would do three different things yeah it was cool it was very very steeped in the uh where'd he go oh oh well he must be gone now. yeah (laughs) (laughs) what was that ah don't worry about it (laughs) like four of our companions have been absconded beat up and or hung from the ceiling but that was probably nothing well, yeah. Well, I mean, and the, they their logic is probably, well, he beat the fuck out of these guys for some reason and didn't do it to us. So if we're not getting the shit kicked out of us right now, he must not want to kick the shit out of us. <laughs> I mean, I don't see him anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, th- those games also had uh, pretty solid villains. Yeah. Like uh, the, uh, that scarecrow level from the first one was fucking legit. Yeah. With the giant scarecrow, and you're like running around, yeah, side scrolling nightmare sequences, platforming around it. That thing was it was boggled my mind when I saw that the first time, yeah. And the fucking uh, the uh, killer croc stuff, yeah, down down in the the sewers or whatever, yeah, he's like popping up below you and shit. Like, that was genuinely terrifying. And I mean, I've never been much of a like sneak around gamer, like Metal Gear Solid was never for me because there's too much sneaking. I'm Mr. Like put a shotgun in my hand and run forward at somebody in a shooter, even when I should be, even when I should like stop running forward because yeah. I'm just going to fuck myself over. Like I still, I just go, I just go into panic mode. I'm like, ah, and it's just run and keep shooting. Yeah. No, that, that taught me patience. Cause I was being Batman. Batman is patient. Yeah. He doesn't just charge in guns a blazing. Yeah. He doesn't even have any guns. And I'm also not one that's, that's any sort of completist, but with those Riddler clues and shit, like I oh, wanted yeah. to, I wanted to collect everything. It had a really solid story that, that, you know, like, especially in the first one in Asylum, the map isn't that big, but the way Mm. they lead you through and their excuses for why you can't go to places, like, it's not just invisible walls. 
Yeah, you need that. You need the this tool or whatever. You need to unlock this ability in order to get through there, and mm-hmm. and you do end up crisscrossing back and forth quite a bit. But it doesn't. It never felt repetitive to me. No. Uh, but playing all the way through that game, like there was always kind of something new or something cool, or you know, even the areas you went back through, there was stuff that you could find and and do that you couldn't have done before. Yep. Um, and did you uh you played City right? I did play City. Yes. And did you beat it? Yes, I did. Oh shit! I never beat it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got to a certain point, and I still remember this like rooftop group of people, and I was supposed to use like some some tactic that I that 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 the game had taught me that I didn't retain, so I wasn't able to beat this one part. And like I could have tried harder and figured it out, but I let it go for a little bit until it had been so long where I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Like I'm gonna have to start the game over. I hate that when you get to a point in a game where it's like really hard and you're like, fuck it, I'll, I'm just going to give this some time. I'll come back later. And then it's like four months later and you're like, I am not any better at this game now. No. This is just going to whoop my ass twice as hard. Fuck. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the city was great too. It was cool because you were outside and like you could the glide from place to place. I loved fucking like jumping off the top of one building and flying in and just kicking some dude right yeah. in the fucking face. Yeah, it was it was like GTA for Batman. It was fucking slick. And not to mention like all the skins too. Like I could play yeah. that game as Michael Keaton Batman or as Neil Adams Batman. You know, like that's that's fucking red. Yeah. I love the shit out of out of both of those games. I mean, I beat the first one, but I but I didn't beat the second one. I always had intentions of making it back at some point. I mean that game is dirt cheap. So I think I have I have extra copies of both of those games in my Steam library. That, uh, I've just got key, keys for Like I have the games. Yeah. So I don't need the keys. I got them from a hum- humble bundle. So they're just sitting there. Maybe we should like give them away. Yeah. Send us something on Twitter. If you want one of those Batman. No, games. fuck Twitter. Leave us a voicemail. Yes. Yes. That's much better idea. Yeah. Call us at 916 orc turd and let us know why I should give you Batman Arkham Asylum on steam. Yeah. And, uh, if it, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. easy as that shoot us an email after you've done it and say this was me that did that and uh enjoy um and then there was the the arkham origins i played a little bit of yeah i never played that remember playing some of it and i think there was a part where i did like drive the batmobile and do some stuff and it sucked and i stopped was that Origins or I, I thought Arkham Knight was the first one where you were driving? Maybe the it was Arkham Knight, and not Origins. Then, yeah, there was one where I had to drive the Batmobile, and it, it was not fun. Yeah, it was it it, it didn't control very well, or so I don't remember specifically what it was, other than I didn't get past that part of the game because uh, I lost interest. Very similarly, I I I bought Arkham Knight. I have it, and yeah, I think it was like the second or third Batmobile mission where you had to like. You had to complete some certain little challenges. It's meant to train you in the Batmobile so you can do the missions later. But I'm like, this isn't fun. This isn't what I want to be doing right now. And you're forcing me to do it. And I don't like that. So I want to grapple around buildings and kick people in the face and, and, you know, not murder people, but like totally murder people. I mean, like those people are, are fucked. Yeah. His neck's broken. Yeah. He's probably still breathing. <laughs> He's not dead yet. As long as I leave the room before he dies, I didn't kill him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, didn't didn't do it for me. Maybe I should try to I I bet I think you can reskin it to be like the the 89 Batmobile. That would probably keep my interest more. For a little longer at least. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever play the uh, the Batmobile arcade oh, I racer? I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I, I saw it a couple times and, and played it every time I could. And you could be the 89 Batmobile on that. Yeah. 
but I mean, it was, it was a pretty standard, like shooting, driving racer that you're not going to win. So you, you have to keep pumping tokens or like a spy, a spy hunter kind of game. Yeah. yeah. There's some other games that I haven't played, so there's, I'm not really going to talk about them. I never got fully into the telltale stuff, but that was supposed to be good. The one that came out yeah. in like chapters. You know, I did start, I started playing that and I didn't like, it. I'm not a big fan of those telltale games. They're just, it, it's like it. They have a story, and so it's kind of cinematic, but, like, it doesn't feel like playing a game to me. Like, it, it's in this weird middle ground between playing a game and watching a movie. And honestly, I'd rather be doing either of those two things than playing a Telltale game. Yeah. Because I remember starting out playing it, because it was it was free on Game Pass, I think, at, at some point. Yeah, that's how I played the first chapter. Yeah, and I got through, like, half of it, and it's, you know, basically some guy runs up to you, and it's like, press this button. Now press this button. It's like, okay, I did those things, and... If you failed and died, you just start over. And sometimes if you failed, it would have a consequence of some variety. But it just didn't, doesn't feel like a game to me. Yeah. It feels like a shitty way to watch a movie. It seems like the, the narrative is hampered by the shitty game mechanics and the game is also hampered by the shitty game mechanics. Yeah. So. Yeah. And like, I, I never played any of those other games, like like the Rise of Sin Sue, I want to say it was called. And then there was like a Batman Begins game. Like these were all like PlayStation 2 era Batman games. And I think just for the most part, they were all terrible. Yeah. Since I didn't play them, I'm going to assume they sucked. Yeah. Fuck them. I've heard good things about Gotham City Imposters, but... Uh, Holy shit, that was so much fun. I have not actually played it. Like, I've got, like, a DLC pack for it, but... You never played it? I feel like played that at your place years ago. Oh, no. No, because it was probably after you were gone. No, I, yeah, I remember, yeah, it came out while I was back east. Yeah. And uh, I remember hearing lots of good things about it, but I just never got a chance to play it. It was loads of fun. It was not a serious shooter at all. And it it was it was a shit ton of fun that that just disappeared for some reason. Like they just took the servers down one day. Oh, did they? I, the, I, oh. I'm almost certain. Yeah, that's pretty lame. Basically, it had to be online for it to exist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sucks. Yeah, but it was fun because there was no actual like Batman or Joker or anything. It was just everybody making their own cobbled together Batman costumes and shit, and like picking Batman and Joker themed weapons. Like it was it was just a goofy fucking free-for-all yeah sounds fun yeah it was great (laughs) i think that's all we got yeah there's that new game coming out but we've already talked about that in the in the fandom episode so hopefully it's good i probably won't buy it yeah the suicide squad one no the uh the new the new batman one where you're all the other bat people because batman's dead i mean it looked kind of cool yeah it it, could be fun if it has local multiplayer i'd be more likely to buy it yeah if it's uh, online only, I'll be a lot less likely to buy it. Oh, there's something about sitting on the couch with somebody and playing a game. Yeah. That is fun. Yeah, like when, like you were saying, when we broke out Contra the other night. We used to do that all the time in our 20s. You know, yeah. like in over a decade ago. And it was the best. You know, you think about it now and it's like our TVs are so damn big. If I, if I got four player split screen on my 60-inch TV, each one of those sc- individual screens is still bigger than the TV I used to play video games on entirely. Yep. And we used to split that fucking thing into four and play gold. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we can manage. Yeah. So I guess the the only other aspect of Batman that I feel could possibly need to be covered, and I don't know if it does need to, but is action figures. 
Yeah, there's been a lot of Batman toys, most of which are uh, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are stupid. Like, I mean, of course it goes back to, like, the the Mego, like, uh, dolls, the, like, Captain Action dolls that, that evolved into the superhero dolls. But I think it really hit it big after the 89 movie with Toy Biz, with their Batman yeah. series that led into the DC superheroes line. And all of a sudden, like, you've just got, like, especially, like, you had the first Batman movie, it had the fucking Batmobile, it had the Batwing, I had both of those, and it was brilliant, I fucking want those so bad. Like, I want them again, because, of course, they didn't last. But once, like, Batman Returns came out, all of a sudden, you, like, I feel like that was the boom for Batman, where all of a sudden it was like, Iron Winch Batman, like Subterranean Batman, yeah. Sub Zero Batman. They're they all have the Scuba same Scuba Tank Batman. Yeah, they're like the same basic body sculpt with Michael Keaton's head and like that cool like little cowl dip that he had on his costume, but it was just different just colors and different accessories. accessories and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like a big robot grapple arm for some reason. Like Batman doesn't have any of these things. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the the one that I have right now, I think it is Iron Winch Batman, where he had like possibly like a zip line sort of thing, or maybe it was just a big grappling hook. But it is it's Michael Keaton in the gray and blue, and it looks so fucking good. <laughs> and they they released a Robin action figure for that, so I've got those perched on my. Uh, on my bookshelf next to each other on my little, my little mini Batman shrine. But I mean, you had, you had Kenner with their fucking like crazy, stupid, like non-articulated Batman. Like, like there was like a uh, legends of Batman. There was the total justice line that had Batman in there. There was, I think there was also a legends of the dark Knight that had some really wacky, like lanky muscular sculpts. Um, and then into, of course, the Mattel, uh, DC superhero stuff where they did everybody, but they did good amount of Batmans. That sells. I mean, Batman's probably DC's biggest property. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like, like Superman's close, but I, Batman, I think is, is their sugar daddy. I think after 89, it was sealed that Batman was the biggest thing in the world. Once, once that Batman movie hit. It was, it was so huge. Like Superman carried DC comics for the first 70 or no, not 70. Whoa, shit. 50, first maybe. 50 years. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, man, Batman took over and you know, I, I'm, I'm not sad. Like Superman's my favorite, but Batman is a close second. I love yeah. Batman to death. How about a break, Ben? Can we take a fucking break, please? Yeah. All right. Relent. I don't want the union on my ass. A bat break? Yeah, bat break. Yes. yes. All right. We'll be right back. Do you want to know things about video games? How about consumer-oriented reviews, honest opinions, hot takes, and predictions? Well, you're listening to the right ad. Introducing the Lit Gaming Arena Podcast Season 2. We bring you two episodes every week. Terminal News, which focuses on all the latest gaming news you'll ever need. And the LGA Cast, where we talk about all the games we're playing and the gaming industry in general. And we do not hold back any punches. We also have the occasional wacky guest. So don't miss out. Subscribe to us today. You can find us on our website, lga.gg, and on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcast app you use. Again, that's the Lit Gaming Arena podcast at lga.gg. 
Well, welcome back, Ben. Welcome back, John. Yay, we're back. Um, so first impression of Batman. I mean, I'm sure he's always been around, but what is your first impression of Batman, your earliest memory? My earliest specific memory of Batman is uh, seeing a poster of the 89 Batmobile and thinking, fuck, that is awesome. I want that. And saving up some money or like finding, you know, getting change enough to go buy that poster. Awesome. Was it the one where Batman's standing next to yep. it? It was exactly that one. And uh, I walked down to, like I walked from my house to the grocery store to buy that poster and then hung it up on my wall. Actually, I hung it up because I had a bunk bed. I had that same bunk bed that I had for most of my childhood. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I remember you having a bunk bed, but I don't remember a Batman poster. This must, I mean, no, this granted, was, this was before we knew each other. Yeah, this is back when I was living somewhere else. But, uh, but yeah, I hung it above my bed. So I could, you know, like, oh, like on the ceiling, on the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. A good buddy of mine had that when we were kids and I was so fucking jealous. I think I, I was probably familiar with Batman before that. I mean, I'd probably heard of Batman or seen some Batman stuff, but that is the first thing that I can remember where Batman was in my life. Yeah. Like similarly, like. I'm sure Batman was always there. I remember Superman always being there. So I'm sure Batman was there in some capacity as well. I remember when I was a kid, like my mom drawing little pictures of Superman and Batman. She had this little like template, like hand on, on the, on their hips, like things she would do for characters and then just sort of add in the, the costume details. But my earliest memory specifically of Batman was uh, this book by Fisher Price. They put out a a series of uh, books with cassettes that went along with them. I don't remember ever having the cassette for this. So, hmm. I mean, I'm sure I did, but these things were put out in 82, which was the year that we were born. So oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure how long I had it. I, I looked for an inscription on the inside, but it just had my name there. It didn't actually have a date. But um, it was a book called, uh, I think it was like The Case of the Laughing Sphinx. And it was a Batman and Robin book, and it was a uh, it was a storybook that uh, in on some pages had like you know a couple different illustrations, and it just had you know paragraph. It was it was like a children's book, but different than like the Golden Book style, where it's like one illustration, one paragraph. Like it 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 had more words. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It was probably a little more grown up than like the little Golden books, um, but this one had uh batman and robin on on the hunt using their detective skills i guess and um it ended up having joker and uh riddler and catwoman and penguin oh shit yeah they they all showed up in the end and it it made a huge impact on me as a kid like i fucking love those books i had that one and the superman one um, there was also a Wonder Woman and a Justice League one, which I never had until about like five years ago. I tracked them down on eBay and I got, you know, had to have the whole series. Yeah. But they didn't, they didn't have the same effect on me that the Batman and Superman ones did. Did the ones you got on eBay come with the cassette? No. No, no more cassettes. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I still have the original book and, you know, it was probably after I saw the 89 Batman movie. I decided that the uh, the gray and blue were not uh, cool enough, so I went and colored in most of the Batman grays <laughs> in black. 
and some of the Batman blues in a darker blue. I did the same thing with the Superman one, coloring in the blues and reds with with darker ones. And I feel like such a fucking idiot for doing that. Like I, I need to go find new copies of those books and just put put my original ones away, you know, just keep them for memory's sake. But I really did ruin some really great art. <laughs> well, you mean like 12-year-old you coloring with a Sharpie well, didn't constitute great art? Shit. Nope. I don't even think I was 12 at that point. I was probably like <laughs> eight. Ugh. You stay within the lines at least, John? No. I've, <laughs> I've always been terrible at staying inside the lines. I don't know why. I've just, I've, I don't know if I've ever colored a picture where I stayed inside every line. Um, but next up we have our favorite use in pop culture. Now we sort of, uh, did we imply earlier that we would have the same one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because we purposely avoided talking about something, um, but I think we're going to mix it up a little bit. So I'll go ahead and talk about the thing that I was talking about earlier that we skipped. Um, of course, any Batman fan listening to this is like, what the fuck are you idiots thinking? You even talked talked about animated serieses. Of course, it's Batman the Animated Series. It was super good. Yeah. I mean, I I think what we were talking about, that, like we... we we went into this on the uh, the Saturday morning cartoons I episode. Think so. Maybe I know we talked about it on on one of these things. But I think that's what it was. Yeah. Anybody who knows about the Batman animated series or Batman the animated series from '92 knows why it is my favorite use in pop culture. Like it was fucking brilliant. Like you're talking about uh, about uh, Mr. Freeze earlier on the in that Sub Zero yeah. movie. Like his first episode, Heart of Ice is one of the greatest television episodes to ever exist. Like he is such a tragic character and like, like his motivations are understandable and like just his, his lack of emotions. Like he, he's such a breath of fresh air from like the bumbling laughing crazies. Like he is yeah. just coal. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, it, well, he is, he is both metaphorically and literally. Yeah. And and their two face, their two face is what Tommy Lee Jones should have been. Yeah. Um, their Joker, Mark Hamill, of course. You know, there's you don't even have to go into it. Um, but their treatment of characters like Bat, uh, Man Bat and the Mad Hatter and Killer Croc, like all these villains we talked about earlier, the uh, creation of Harley Quinn. Yep. Uh, fucking Baby Doll, who never made it into comics, but you know she was a brilliant character also it's just the the characters like for a kid's show they gave the characters a lot of nuance mm -hmm. like they weren't caricatures like they all had their own backstories and their own motivations and they weren't simple simply like i'm bad guy want rob bank yeah they were it, complex yeah they were they were full fleshed out characters and I, you know, I guess they had, a, you know, a space for some long form narrative on it because they, you know, they were able to explore, you know, the villains as well as Batman and his relationship to all the other characters in his life. Yeah. And uh, and it looked real cool. I remember when I was a little kid, like the 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 art style of it at first turned me off. I was like, man, I want those fucking muscles of the X-Men cartoon, you know, but. But I really came around to it. The animation was so fluid, you know, like like everything was so smooth, especially before they, you know, canceled the series and then brought it back when they simplified everything. Like 
it wasn't the same after that. Like everything moved so clean. And I liked the, just the general aesthetic too. It kind of had that like art deco thirties kind of look like all the cars were kind of old style and had yeah. like art deco architecture everywhere. And it just, it looked neat. And like that really fit Batman in my brain. Yeah. Like the sky at night was red and yeah. like, it didn't make sense, but it didn't need to. Cause it, it, it looked cool and it, and well, I guess it made a sort of backward kind of sense where like you didn't question it, even though it wasn't reality. Yeah. But you knew it was nighttime. Yeah. And another character that, that came from that, that I've always loved with all of my heart. He was only in one episode was the gray ghost voiced by Adam West. And he was like a, uh, he was a television character that Batman watched when he was a kid. And it turned out that he was a big inspiration for, for Batman and I've always, I've always been baffled that DC never did anything with the gray ghost, you know, like never pulled a Harley Quinn and brought him into comics. Um, coming up soon, spinning out of, um, Sean Murphy's, uh, white Knight series, he did white Knight and then curse of the white Knight. Um, there's a new one coming out where it's like Harley Quinn, white Knight, and, um, it's going to be illustrated by Mateo Scalera, but they are bringing the gray ghost into that in some capacity. Oh, I've cool. seen some of the art and I'm like, it's kind of bittersweet because I'm happy he's there, but on the other end, like there was a part of me that wanted to be the one to bring him back. <laughs> like I'm, I'm a little butthurt that I don't get to, you know, after DC 30 Comics years, didn't give you a call. Well, you know, I, you know, once, once I, once I paid my dues and finally got in the door, I'm like, listen, guys, I gotta fucking do a great, like, you don't have to put me on Batman because I know I'm not there and I know that's cream of the crop and and top of the list, but just let me do a Grey Ghost series, please. Like he's such a a um like pulp throwback, you know, like a shadow character. So Batman the Animated Series, and I mean the music in that too by Shirley Walker. Oh yeah. Was fucking brilliant. And back then they would get full orchestras for yeah. for their uh for their animated series soundtracks the score for that show and everything that was going on uh it was great it just it sounded like the movie and it felt it felt right it felt like batman yeah and that was stemming out of out of uh danny elfman's score i mean he yep. did do the the original animated series theme and you know that that ties into what would have been the runner-up for my favorite use in pop culture which would be the original motion picture soundtrack yeah I fucking love that. And like every once in a while I'll throw that on just on Google play and, and you know, it, it plays out in my head. Like, like I, I hear these tunes I'm like, Oh, I can see the scenes in my head. It's, it's a little different than the listening to like the Superman, the movie score, because almost that entire movie, like two and a half hours is scored. Whereas Danny Elfman's scores, like they, they are, they're smaller and, and in more bits and pieces, but it's fucking brilliant. And, and it's that, got prints on it too, doesn't it? That, that was different. There, there's the, there's the, the score and then there's like, oh, so I guess, yeah, I guess that's the original film score. And then the motion picture soundtrack was a lot of Prince tracks that were yeah. made for that. And I fucking love that too. I had that on cassette when I was a kid. Yeah. I'll, I'll go through and listen to that too. Like there's a couple songs on there that fucking lemon crush and fucking arms of Orion, man. Fuck the bat dance. I don't need that in my life. Yeah. But there are some great Prince tracks on that. That's me. What about you? Batman's big enough. Like a lot of these shows we get, we go like, oh man, it's so hard to figure out. I mean, like, what is this thing in pop culture? It is, that is not hard with Batman. 
there's loads of Batman and he's fucking everywhere and he's permeated lots of things. And so I was kind of looking for something that was outside of licensed Batman stuff, something and a, a, a fun, good example of something that I love that is uh, non-sanctioned by DC. Mm-hmm. And so I went with, uh, or I am going with presently. Let the record show that I will have gone with. Yeah, the the Batman series of like videos and shorts by uh, Pete Holmes mm-hmm. and all the stuff that he did on there. It's just, he, I mean, he's clearly making fun of Chris Nolan, Batman and uh, Christian Bale's ridiculous voice. And, <laughs> and his voice, <laughs> like, it, what sucks is like he's making fun of it, but it's pretty spot on. Yeah, no, it is. And he's, it, he's always got his lips all out, pursed out and, <laughs> and he's kind of dumb. And uh, he's just, it's just such a funny caricature of Batman and making fun of all the little quirks and things that don't make sense about Batman. Um, I, th- I think the first one I saw was, the, you know, the one where he like catches the bad guy and he, and he's like going through his different voices. I've only seen one or two of them and they were a while back before I knew who Pete Holmes was. So when those videos pop up on my, on my YouTube, like suggestion thing, I'm just sort of like, Oh, it's that fucking bad man thing. Like I, I, I never took it seriously, but now knowing who Pete Holmes is and like seeing some of his other shit, like I, I am going to go back and watch some of those. Oh yeah. They're, they're fucking good. Uh, I'm not going to do it justice trying to explain any of his bits, uh, but uh, I can tell you they're funny and I like them. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you should go check them out one of these days. Yeah. So I've got a little what if, Ben, because you are the practical one of us two. How do you feel about the possibility that Batman could exist in any like real world practical way. Like, of course there's the training his mind to be the greatest detective in the world. Cool. Okay. Somebody can be really good at detective work. Somebody can train themselves to have a, you know, a lot of martial arts talent and physical prowess, but like you've got things like fucking grappling hooks and fucking secret identities and, uh, utility belts with, fucking gas pellets and batteries and shit like do you think batman could actually exist yes in the extent that like if if someone had enough money to, to like get all the gadgets and go out and do that stuff uh i think someone could be a decent batman facsimile i don't think it would play out like it does in the comics <laughs> <laughs> i think they'd probably end up uh, getting themselves hurt or killed pretty quickly and uh, and or arrested. Yeah. Especially if they, like, adhered to his no-kill rule. <laughs> Where, uh, you know, it's like if they got cornered by the cops, like, okay, I guess you're going to jail then. You yeah. Take your little utility belt off and haul <laughs> you in. Yeah, like, what if, what if Batman was in, like, Sacramento, where we're close to, and, like, He's like on a tall building and, you know, the cops are coming after him because he just beat the fuck out of a bunch of people and they don't understand him. It's like, what if he doesn't have anywhere to grapple to? Like, what what does he do then? Well, and like grappling to something and swinging. No, that, that shit. Like even like Spider-Manning around is probably not really going to work. But like to hold all the stuff that he needs to have at any given time, the guy would have to be like running around with a giant backpack on or some shit. Yeah. Like, is he going to have a like a hang glider? A deployable hang glider on him so he could jump off the top of a building and 
Yeah, because because <laughs> that that rigid like electro fabric from the Nolan stuff doesn't actually exist in 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 that application, right? Like you couldn't. Oh. I mean, I guess there's those like flying squirrel suits, but that's different. Yeah, but you still got to land, and like those guys that do those suits still have a parachute because you're still moving at like 50, 60 miles an hour. Yeah. You're just doing it like horizontally. So the ground comes eventually one way or another. <laughs> and uh, you'd have a hard time stopping. I guess you could get away from the police if you jumped off the top of the building. It's, you'd have to find a nice soft place to land. <laughs> Cesar Chavez <laughs> Park. The river, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> do you think a, a grappling gun... Like the way he uses it, that could exist. I don't, for all I know, it actually could exist. I'm sure smart people have tried to do that. So kind of, I think you could make a grappling hook gun that would shoot a grappling hook. Uh, it probably wouldn't just stick into anything and have enough force and have enough staking, sticking power to hold the weight of a grown man. All, especially a grown man weighed down by another hundred pounds of gadgets. Yeah. Yeah. Like a 300 pound uh, weight. I don't, th it certainly would be tough to make one that was the same size, the same form factor that like fits in the palm of your hand. Yeah. And then, uh, hanging onto that while it was like hauling you up something would also be a bit sketchy. Yeah. I mean, at least Michael Keaton, Batman could like attach it to his belt. Yeah. Or, and I think, I think Christian Bale, Batman also did that. Yeah. You, you'd have to like wound it around. It's just, it's, it's not practical to just hold on to something while it's pulling you up in the air. I mean, I've seen Ninja Warrior, so uh, some people have like ridiculous hand strength. Yeah, and the I guess best Batman of the best. would. But uh, yeah, that that one would be tough. Can you imagine fucking like shooting your grappling gun and trusting it to hold your weight as you're about to do like a giant pendulum swing from one building to another, or as you're falling? Oh, yeah, you, like, yeah. fall and you grab another human being and you shoot your grappling hook up. And uh, it's not only it's got to hold your weight, it's got to hopefully slow you down slow enough that you don't just both snap in half. Yeah, or, like dislocate your shoulders and fucking... Yeah. Like if you just came to a sudden stop, that's not going to be good. That's what's going to happen when you hit the ground, too. Yeah. There's a reason you don't want to do that. See, I feel like on, on the end of Batman Forever when he's like diving down that giant uh, pit... And like he, I mean, first he attaches that one to chase Meridian. It looks like she just snaps to a, to a halt, but it looks when he grabs Robin's hand and then like the line, it shows the line, like pull taut, but then it seems like they still like descend a little bit slowly. It's like, okay, that does have some sort of like bungee Give. factor. Yeah. To it. it would make sense. You don't want to just stop. That's yeah. deceleration is fatal. Yeah. In high doses. Well, cool. That's all I got. How about uh, how about wrapping this shit up? Yeah. One word review time? Yeah. Weirdly enough, like, I'm actually having kind of a hard time with my one word for this because it, it'd be it'd be very easy to do a Bat-tastic or something of the sort. And just make up a word that's related to Batman and bam, there you go. Yeah. But but I feel like that doesn't uh, that doesn't encompass it. But so the the word that I've chosen to go with, which I don't know. I mean, I feel like it fits, but it. It, I almost feel like it's a cop out, but, um, one of these days I'm going to run out of words, one words, I guess it would have to be a long time, but the, the, the word that I've chosen to go with is legendary because Batman, he's not, he's not such a, a fairy tale 
like Superman is. You know, it's yeah. it's not like a like a like a magic thing, but it's it's like there are there are legendary tales of characters who are born of pain and heartache and vengeance and you know even the characters that inspired him like zorro fucking the shadow like like these characters are legends in themselves and it's it's like if, if batman truly did exist you know and then say he died like hundreds of year 100 years later it would be the legend of batman yeah, totally. You know, there 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 have been books that have come out that are legends of the Dark Knight. Like he is a character that will just permeate uh fiction in in such a large way. You know, like he is he is a legend himself. Like I as much as I love Superman, uh, like I just wouldn't think to call Superman legendary. I don't know. There there's a certain gravitas that that word carries that I feel batman lives up to and like you know long after bruce wayne is gone if he ever is gone from comics which he won't be but say in comics you know once bruce bruce wayne is gone like the legend of of the batman lives on and somebody else will pick up the mantle for that reason you know and and continue on with that legacy yeah well i imagine to like the folks that don't live in gotham like whoever you know the guys living over in like star city they're like you know they hear about Batman and they're like, oh, fuck. Like, like they hear the legends of Batman because he doesn't go there very often. Yeah. They've got like the Flash, but <laughs> isn't that Star City where he's at? <laughs> Star City's Green Arrow, dude. Oh, it is Green Arrow. You're right. Central City. Central City's Flash. But, uh, but yeah, like the folks in the other cities are like, holy shit. Uh, we don't want to fuck with Batman. <laughs> Like Flash, like he's you know he he'll give you some quips and maybe beat you up a little bit and drop you off, but Batman will break your legs. Yeah, that guy's fucking terrifying. Yeah, he'll fuck you up. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'll, I'll fucking stick with what I got. Yeah, like he, you will go to jail regardless, but Batman may make it so you can't commit a crime again in the future. Yeah, because like he doesn't kill, but crippling is just fine. Yeah, he will cripple the fuck out of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he'll make you remember it. Yeah, he uh, he doesn't go light on those dudes. I don't want to get punched by Batman. No. For mine, I I, I went with enduring because mm-hmm. uh, and not just the you know the characters or not just you know in his world, but just in general. I think the character of Batman had. I mean, it has endured through what seventy years now. Yeah, eighty. 80. Yeah, eighty years now. And uh, and I think the reason for that is because he is. I almost want to say relatable, but he's relatable in a sense that, like you're saying with Superman, like, okay, nothing that Superman does or nothing about Superman's origin is relatable to me. I, my parents were not killed outside of an opera and I don't have a million dollars and I'm not a uh, martial arts expert or any of that shit, but uh, I could see a world in which all of those things were true. Whereas, you know, being bit by a radioactive spider or any other outlandish you got superpowers origin is uh it's cool to think about it's neat it's harder to put yourself in those shoes whereas someone like batman or you know the punisher or some shit like all right your family got killed and you're pissed and you're gonna fucking do something about it like yeah i can see that 
Yeah, the revenge story is very, um, never mind, just cut it out. <laughs> I mean, I think we've all had like those like uh, driving home daydreams of what you'd do if someone killed your family. And yeah. How you'd get your pound of flesh back. Oh boy, I would, I don't think I would uh, have a no killing policy. No. Oh no, definitely not. No, I would definitely be more Frank Castle than Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah and the fact that i mean like he's he's basically a, a dude with a big chip on his shoulder and a billion dollars yeah and uh and he's gonna do something about it and and he he has an ideal that he strives for and he can, and he generally sticks to it yeah and so it's a story that i think will continue to be relatable to you know like in Another 20 years when he's a hundred years old, I think he'll still be able to find relevance. That's going to be wild when both Superman and Batman, like back to back years hit their hundred year anniversary. Holy shit. I remember being a kid in the 50 year anniversary being a huge deal. Yeah. That'll be cool. I'm going to be old. Yeah. No shit. Right. Be in your fifties. You'll be almost ready to, to retire. (laughs) Fuck, if only, man. <laughs> uh, Hopefully I make it that long. But no, I mean, fuck it. What can we say that we haven't said already? Like, I fucking love Batman. He is a great character. But, you know, I guess on on the note of that relatability thing, for, for the old tired argument why Batman's better than Superman is because cause Batman's a real person, you know? I could, I could be Batman. Fuck you. No, you couldn't be Batman. Eat a fucking dick. That is no reason. You can like Batman better than Superman for a million other fucking reasons. Don't say because he he's just a normal guy. He's still a pretty extraordinary dude. Yeah, like he's he's got he's got money and talent and smarts, uh, like more than most humans have of any of those things. Yeah, like somebody who had to, who had the time to cultivate all the skills he has, they wouldn't be starting being Batman until they're like forty seven. Yeah. Right. And the thing about Batman too is like he's he's the master of preparation because he's not super powered and he's got to go up against these dudes that are like he needs to be prepared. That's why he's got his utility belt with all his little you know gadgets and shit on it. And and when he goes into a fight, he needs to go in knowing what he's going to do. Yeah, and he could not beat Superman in a fight. No, <laughs> I mean he could maybe like sneak up on him when he wasn't expecting it and do something nasty to Superman. But yeah. like if it was like, all right, noon, we're meeting and we're gonna fight. Yeah. Sorry, Bruce. That BVS fight was full of shit. Yeah, you're you're fucking toast, dude. <laughs> Although I guess I I do love I do love the line in BVS when it when he says, If I wanted it, you'd be dead already. It's like, yeah, that is true. But we love Batman. So thank you folks for uh, putting on your cape and cowls and swinging through the uh, the night with us tonight. Um, if you want to let us know how we did, please, please pick up your bat phone and uh, give us a call at 916-ORC-TURD. That's O-R-C-T-U-R-D. You can drop us a line at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. Find us on the social medias, Facebook, Geek Exploration, the podcast page. Instagram, Geek Exploration Podcast, or Twitter at Geek Explore Pod. And our next main episode in two weeks from now will be on survival horror video games in honor of the uh, the Halloween season, the month of October. So go ahead and uh, drop us a line. Let us know what your favorites are. 
Um, if you have any anecdotes or uh, if you hate them, let us know. Yeah, tell us why. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, go on to uh, Podchaser or Apple Podcasts and uh, leave us a five Robin review. I think there's been at least five of them. <laughs> it was so easy to say bat signal. Oh, bat, that's not a good one. <laughs> what the fuck? Also, we've still got uh, merch up at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com and our theme song, as always, is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And remember, tune in next time. Same geek time, same geek channel. 